Paddock Pigs podcast episode 15. Welcome back. Uh, Charlie, you've uh, you've pulled out the big guns once again today. Yeah, of course. Massively exciting guest, uh, Kieran Schumacher, group one winning jockey now. And yeah, you, you know me, Dom. You just ask me what, what needs delivering and I get it sorted. Uh, I'm actually fortunate that one, his brother is one of my great mates. So I can't take too much clout as in a Connor Schumacher, ex-jockey, brother of Kieran, sorted this out. So thanks to him. <laughs> Uh, we're obviously both delighted to be joined, as Charlie said, by uh, by Kieran Schumacher. Kieran, thank you for your time. Uh, still, uh, the the elation there from uh, from last week and that first group one, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, sure, certainly on cloud nine still. But um, I always say everyone's still sort of congratulating me now, and um, I keep saying how. I've probably been beaten on about 15 horses since, so it's a great game to bring you back down to earth. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an everyday job, so we soon move on. But, you know, it was a hugely important day for me and uh, a huge sigh of relief and uh, just delighted to get my first group on with yeah, well, obviously, uh, uh, congratulations, and uh, I'm sure many more to come for you moving forward. Um, Kieran, we normally kickstart the uh, the show with a, a couple of quickfire Q&A questions. Uh, I'll send them both yours and Charlie's way, uh, and we'll see if we can get a difference in opinion. Um, Charlie, I'll come to you first for this one. Favourite Marvel superhero growing up? Crikey, random question. Uh, <laughs> what am I going to? I'm going to go for um, Batman. Is he a Marvel superhero? Oh, I'd say I tell you what. We, well, he he might not be, but I suppose yeah. We we don't have to make it too specific. So I suppose just favorite superhero. So Batman for you. Yeah, I mean, though I did go to a fancy dress party on Friday night dressed as Superman. So <laughs> he's, he's definitely a Marvel super comic book hero. Is he or not? I don't. I mean, you're you're way more clued up on this than me, Dom. I don't know. <laughs> I think I, mean, he... I, I, I don't know what. I, I think even Superman might not be Marvel, you know. I think uh, he, he might right. be, he might be DC. Yeah, um, you've got. I think Spider Man might be Marvel. Let's call it superheroes then. Superheroes. We'll just, we'll just call it superheroes. Super I'm going to go for Batman. Batman, yeah. Batman for you, uh, Kieran. Do you have a, a favourite superhero growing up? Um, probably not a favourite, but let's say Spider Man. Spider-Man, yeah, I think I'd agree with that one. He was uh, he was always my favourite growing up as well. Um, this one will keep it a, a little bit more generic on, on kind of the subject of superheroes. Kieran, would you rather have the ability to fly or the ability to be invisible? Fly at the moment because I'm currently stuck in traffic on the way to Doncaster. <laughs> 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 uh, that's, that's a fair enough answer, Charlie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fly, but I, I know from when I was riding, there's plenty of jockey colleagues of mine that would have loved the ability to be invisible <laughs> and park the other thing. <laughs> I, w- I won't ask why, don't worry. Um, no. <laughs> Charlie, uh, Desert Island Disc, which CD would you most like to have on your person if you were stuck on an island on your own? Um. I think if we're going to go from a growing up point of view, I'm going to have the Oasis album, What Story, Morning Glory. That was a big one when I was growing up. So I think I'll take that one with me. Yeah, Morning Glory, good shout. Uh, and Kieran, yourself? Char- Charlie, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> there we go. We could be on, we could be on the Desert Islands again together then. We'll bring Connor <laughs> along as well. Yeah. 
I, I think that's the first time that we've had such a broad uh, question for which um, Charlie, yourself, uh, and the guest, obviously on this occasion, Kieran, have probably both gone for the same answer. So um, that could be a, a paddock picks moment of history there. Uh, there we go. There we go. Um, Kieran, I'll come to you for this one. Obviously, we'll end uh, with a horse ra- horse racing related question. Uh, Adea versus Snowfall. I believe the the, the pair are the uh, the most prominent figures in the betting for the arc at the moment. If you had your choice between the two of them, who would you go for? Um, I'd say I'd go for Adea just because I think he's still raw and there's plenty more improvement to come. Look, Snowfall's been hugely hugely impressive especially in the Oaks and even last time but I just think there's so much more to come from the day still yeah uh, Charlie uh, going over to, to Parry Longchamp obviously in October do you think you'd rather be William Buick or Ryan Moore for this one hmm. I'd probably I'd probably trade places with either of them but uh, I think I, <laughs> I think I'm going to go William Buick I'm going to go through here and I think Adair looks like he's still very much a a big raw horse that keeps coming forward, and I think he, you know, he, he like it was a very, very good performance in the King George. So the only, the only thing in Snowfall's favour is that that Philly's allowance might be very useful come the art time. But yeah, a day I think if he can step forward again, he's the one they've all got to beat. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, the end of the questions there. And obviously, Adaya versus Snowfall should it happen? Both very much looking forward to uh, to seeing that unfold. Um, Kieran, there's there's only really one place to start. Uh, obviously, at a first. Group one um, for, for yourself at uh, uh, Glorious Goodwood um, last week, and uh, of course aboard uh, Lady Bowthorpe, who secured the first group one herself. Um, you know, you were talking, I believe, uh, in the aftermath. You, you said obviously you'd, you'd envisage crossing the line in, in the days leading up to the the Nassau Stakes. Uh, can you just describe what that emotion was like passing the post first? Yeah, it was. Um, I think it's natural for. Although a lot of us probably don't like to admit it, but I think it's quite natural for us to sort of envision winning races, and especially those big group ones. And um, I mean, she was unlucky in the Falmouth, and I felt a little bit disheartened, I suppose, afterwards. Uh, we didn't get the rub of the green, and I had to switch around, and she came flying home late. So I think there was a little bit of a sense of sort of redemption, and when she crossed the line, there's a huge sense of relief. and. It's a monkey off the back, you know, trying to get you. I'm now a Group One winning jockey, so I mean, every jockey sort of growing up sort of dreams of winning those big races and to be competing on the top stage. So it was just a massive achievement, achievement I'm incredibly proud of. And um, look, I won't live off it. I'll, I'm, I'm certainly looking for the next one. Uh, was there, Kieran? Was there a, a, quite a sense of pressure because, like you say, the Falmouth. It wasn't a, a riding error that, that got a beat. It was just one of those racing situations that you just couldn't get out when you needed to. But it, you know, Willie Jarvis and that talked about that they never questioned that you'd ride her next time and everything like that. But for you yourself, there must have been a feeling of not wanting to get it right because to prove a point, but just make, wanting to make sure almost things panned out without incident within the race in the Nassau. Yeah, exactly. I suppose there was a bit of pressure. Um, I copped a bit of flack on social media and uh, William Jarvis did tell me he had a few people in his ear saying, you know, like to Rushy Murphy was, you know, sitting in the weighing room and could have been available to ride her. Rushy obviously rode her in the lock-in when she finished second behind Palace Pier. So he did know the filly. 
Um, I was very grateful I kept the ride. It all went very smoothly. You know, when Dex came out and there are only six runners, Goodwood can be a very unlucky track for, for jockeys and, you know, a lot of hard luck stories. But I suppose when there are only six horses declared, that sort of limited the, limited the chances of getting stuck in traffic. And, you know, probably after two furlongs when I had my position, I was very, very sort of relaxed and confident because I knew, you know, if she was good enough on the day, she was going to win because we had a perfect position throughout and luckily everything fell right and she hit the line well. And like, like you say, the Goodwood is a track where you can get a lot of tough luck in running. So was it in your mind that you were going to stay out rather than try and get her up the fence when you were coming with your challenge? Yeah, I was never going to go to the fence. I know we had to cut away on the Thursday, um, sort of just before the three marker, but horses naturally roll onto that fence and, you know, nine out of ten times you're not going to get a run. So I was quite happy being drawn out in five and, you know, James Fantos Philly was sort of half missed the break and he, he, William Dirk was happy to sit last. So I just had a perfect position, just one off the fence and, um, Jim Crowley's Philly obviously finished second, so she just got a, gave me a perfect lead through. And moving forward, will will you know, the ten furlongs? Will she stay at ten furlongs, or will we see her drop back to a mile? I think ten is her optimum trip. She's not slow. Um, she was in my hands at Goodwood, but she stays at ten really well. She's bred. She's fine. The final. She's bred to you know be a ten furlong filly. So. Um, and look, all her mile races in the Falmouth as well, we've seen her finish extremely well. So it was the right move to step up to the 10 furlongs, and I think she'll be staying in that trip for now. She's got a few options coming up. I think Connections are talking about going to France for the Romane, which is the 10 furlongs again, Group 1, for four-year-old plus, Phillies and theirs. Um, so I think that's the likely target next. And, and Kieran, it's obviously it's the kind of story that you know that deserves a crowd, which is of course what it got. How much more of a thrill was it to win, you know, in such a magnitude this year compared to last year? Given obviously the fact that, that racing was was behind you know closed doors for, um, for for the majority of 2020, and and obviously just the, the brilliance of, of seeing those kind of hordes of numbers uh, back on back on a race course, and I suppose the the first you know, really big sort of sporting event um, that that was kind of held in, in the post-COVID era, if you like. Yeah, you do. It's, it's a hard one, really, because we were racing all through lockdown and um, whenever people kind of asked me, I was, you know, when I was going to the races as a jockey, you don't really sort of notice the crowds and when you're on the horse, it's sort of, you're very much just, you know, in it with your horse and you kind of block out the crowd anyway but mm. it's probably the first time I've really really noticed the crowd and as soon as I crossed the line I just tried to take a deep breath and just embrace it all because obviously it was a you know it was a huge day and the crew ones are very hard to win so I, I remember having my first Royal Ascot winner in I don't know what it was maybe 2017 and I was rushing off to Lingfield in the evening and I didn't get home to sort of half twelve and I never really gave myself a chance to enjoy it. So I always said if I did win a group one, I'd make sure I enjoyed it and embraced it all. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I'm sure. How did you celebrate uh, last week? Anything special planned in the evening? 
Oh, we we all. Well, there was a, my girlfriend was at the races with a load of her friends, and they had a table booked in the pheasant. So we stopped stopped down. There was about fifteen of us there, so we had a nice bit of food, and we were racing the next day, so it was fairly sensible. But um, it was nice just to sort of have the, my my closest friends there just to you know celebrate the evening, uh, celebrate the day. Yeah, quite right. No, it's uh, the best way to celebrate. I think, obviously, with uh, with friends and families. Uh, Charlie, you know, obviously, uh, well documented as well. A, a first group one for William Jarvis in twenty seven years, which uh, I believe is longer than both myself and Kieran have uh, have been alive, which is uh, quite remarkable. And, and of course, uh, for, for owner Emma Banks, it's it's just a really you know all round great story for racing, isn't it? It's a brilliant story, you know. I mean, like you know, I, I'm sure Kieran is hoping he's not going to have to wait as long for his next group one as William Jarvis did, and then, you know, but the, the the sort of the aftermath was it was from it was it, it came across that William Jarvis was a thoroughly likable bloke, and I would I would I don't claim to know him personally, but it, it seemed like he's a really good guy, a, a very able operator, as so many tracks are, who has just been waiting for a good horse to come along, and 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 I think the way he, campaign the, the filly this year is you know he, he's not been frightened to have a go and picture in very good company and and he's been duly rewarded with the group one and and i, I think as kieran's spoke about there with the, the step up to 10 furlongs bringing about further improvement you think she's going to take a lot of beating in something like the the romane next and i don't know what maybe the pre opera on on arc weekend and, and races like that in Philly's only company, especially, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, uh, very much looking forward to seeing her back uh, on the course, Lady Bothorpe. Uh, Kieran, uh, you're en route to Doncaster, as you were saying. I believe it's the second evening uh, of the new William Hill Racing League. So there's the six events uh, across the same number of weeks. Uh, and there's 12 teams in total. And I believe each race is worth £50,000 uh, in prize money, which is obviously a, a fantastic initiative. And you're part of Team Swish uh, with Adam Kirby, uh, Safi Osborne and trainers Clive Cox, Ed Walker, Charlie Hills uh, and Jamie Osborne. I suppose just from a jockey's perspective, it, it must be great to to see racing try something new. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting there this evening and being part of it. I obviously missed the first week, but I watched back all the replays um, the other night, actually, and you could just see sort of every jockey that rode a winner that night were either like punching the air or sort of celebrating after the line. <laughs> so, you know, the, obviously the prize money is very good. It's a great initiative and... Um, I think it's it's very exciting to have such a big event sort of in the middle of the week. You know, our big races tend to be a weekend, so uh, it can be a long week from you know one week to the next. But to have this in the midweek is, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Do you think that's something racing could do better, Kieran? You know, spreading out the the, the big days and they're not all folks centered around the Saturday often. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I, I, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but, um, yeah, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays can be slightly dull sometimes, but I don't know I don't know if there's a market for it, if I'm honest. I'm not sure, um, you know, Saturdays really attract the crowds, and I don't think you're going to get the, you won't, you won't get the, uh, the attention for the big days on the Monday and Tuesday, if I'm honest, I don't think. Yeah, I think obviously I saw something from from Andrew Mullen, um, Kieran, uh, early early today. I think he was speaking to the Racing Post, uh, of, of course, talking about you know Ayr's got a, a fixture, I believe, on um, 
I think, I think it's Friday and, and then Sunday or perhaps Sunday and, and Monday. Uh, and obviously, um, because of the, the kind of the weekend congestion of, of quite bigger fixtures, uh, he obviously echoed his, his frustration at the at the idea of having to travel, you know, to air, um, you know, back and forth twice across across the space of three days. But but as you say, obviously, Saturday it, it is just the, you know, it's, it's the feature day of the week. Yeah, I can, uh, I understand his frustration. I think racing where we, you know, what we could possibly do better is have more carnivals. So if you had like three days of air and, you know, you'd find a lot of jockeys staying up there for the for the two, three nights. Like, you know, we're, we're seeing Brighton over the next few days. They've got a, a three-day festival or something. And, um, it makes no sense uh, what they're doing at the moment with, um, you know, the two days in between the air fixture. It's a long way for anyone to go so and it, look it's not just for the for the jockeys it's the stable staff the, 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 the traveling head lads the trainers every everyone involved so uh, that's possibly something that can be improved definitely yeah uh Charlie, just just go back to the racing league. I, I suppose for like a, a, a horse racing for dummies perspective, if you like, it it almost feels like a bit of a, a Formula One spin on horse racing. Obviously, with a, a point system, would that be fair to say? Do you think? I think so. I mean, I was actually going to ask Kieran, you know, whether there's a, any sort of different feeling about how they the guys and girls are riding in the races for their various teams. But it's exciting to see, isn't it? We've we've got sort of celebrities and, and, and people from outside of racing buying into it. Like the talk sport have got a team and various mm-hmm. other people. And, and, and it, it just, the, the, the traditionalists and the naysayers that, that are around in every sport. I mean, I, I love watching the hundred at the moment with the cricket and, yeah. and yeah, for the purists, it probably isn't what they want to see, but it's exciting and new and racing so often is, is, is light years behind when it comes from moving with the times and in, in these sort of things. And, Trying something new has to be a good thing, and and for anyone that's willing to wanting to knock it, I mean that the prize money alone should be enough mm. to to stop that because it, again, it's an injection of cash. It's giving trainers, jockeys, everyone, and owners especially, to actually race for good money. And like I say, they're trying something new that actually people from beyond the industry seem to be buying into a little bit and taking a bit of notice of and if it gets the sport out there to more people, it has to be a good thing. Absolutely right. Um, and obviously, great to see uh, the Racing League on, on board, uh, Racing to School uh, as its charity partner uh, as well. In 2019, the charity worked with a record 15,500 young people uh, with over 40% located within inner cities, deprived areas and, uh, and, and in rural isolation. Um, so obviously, yeah, a great, great cause as well. And, and like you say, Charlie, just fantastic to see something new. I, I was actually at Edgebaston last night for the 100, uh, and I have Say, yeah, I have to have to say it was uh, it was thoroughly uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, obviously, I, I like the idea of kind of you know mixing the men's game alongside the women's game, um, uh, and of course it's just you know it's, it's an afternoon you know going into the evening. It doesn't finish too late as well. So obviously, uh, I know that the, the kids have obviously all finished school now, haven't they, for the summer? But it's a very inclusive, you know, really well balanced atmosphere, and uh, yeah, great fun. So of course, um, I, I would certainly recommend it to anyone. Have you got any plans to go down? Do you think? I run uh, to Kieran's on. I'm going with his brother to Trent Bridge on August the 13th to see Birmingham Phoenix take on the yeah take on the guys from Nottinghamshire. Yeah, so the yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. 
fantastic. Uh, obviously, yeah, head over to the racingleague.uk uh, obviously for, for more information. Uh, obviously, Kieran, wish you the best of luck there tonight. Um, just just for the, the remainder of the, obviously the, the, the 2021 season, Kieran, you've obviously won your first Group 1 now and, and it looks like you're fast approaching your tally from, from last year of 60 uh, for the season. Is it is it fair to say that eclipsing that is, is the next best level of satisfaction after your, your top-level win last week? Yeah, definitely. Um, look, numerically, I'm definitely on to, um, to surpass my last year's total. And I mean, the quality as well. I, you know, it's good to be sort of winning these top level races. So um, I'm very happy in the position I look I'm in at the moment. And uh, long may that continue. But it's uh, it's still a long way to go. And I hope I can add to the tally. And, and just looking through um, your, your form of late as well, it's, it's obviously very noticeable the, the variety of, of both courses and the number of trainers that you've been representing, you know, ranging from Roger Charlton, Simon and Ed Crisford, Clive Cox, George Scott. It's fantastic that, that still at this young age, you're being entrusted by so many quality, you know, handlers and, and with still a large chunk of the season to go, many more opportunities are going to follow. Yeah, I'm getting plenty of support off the top trainers. Um... I think a part of that is well, I'm retained by Clipper Logistics and Steve Parkin, and he has he has about 80 horses in training. He has been jockeyed all around the country, and um, probably with about 18 various trainers. So I go in and ride out these horses, these Clipper Logistics owned horses. So it kind of opens more doors, and I'm you know I'm going in and riding out a trainer's yard who I wouldn't usually ride out for. So um, that's opened a few doors, and you know it's just. It's trying trying to build a network and, um, you know, it seems to be working at the moment. I'm getting plenty of support. And, like, yeah, you said Roger Charlton as well. Obviously, I rode a lot for Roger Charlton when I was an apprentice and yeah. um, I'm starting to get a few more few more rides from recently. So uh, there's always been a whole lot of respect there and um, the more, you know, it's always a privilege and I'm dropped up on a ride for Roger. Uh, and obviously, Charlie um, speaks about um, obviously your, your brother Connor being obviously a, a national hunt jockey. And, and I was reading uh, in a previous interview that you did that you wanted to be a jump jockey growing up. Is that correct? But but some people suggested that you should consider the flat route. Yeah, to be honest, Tom, I didn't know anything differently because I was brought up in the Cotswolds, and that's very <laughs> much you know jump 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 racing dominated. So. Um, Oh yeah, I didn't really. This was when I was probably about fourteen, so I actually didn't know anything about the game. But um, I started riding out in like a pre-training yard up in uh, the Cotswolds, and the the guy that taught me to ride, he was a flat jockey, so he was the one that suggested it, and look, it made a lot of sense. So I, you know, I, I was a, I'm only quite small, so um, I'm glad I didn't go down the jump jump route. If not. <laughs> Uh, uh, would you still take um, like a an invested? Oh, sorry, Charlie. We I think we've just cut you off. Then we, uh, I think we might have you back. I was just asking Kieran if, like, after with the Group One success, that he's no plans for a takeover, like a changeover this winter, and give give the jumping game a go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll leave that, uh, Charlie, to the to the jump lads. I, I respect them too much to to try and do both. <laughs> <laughs> and just grow, growing up, Kieran, we, I'm just intrigued. Were you, who was the quicker runner, you or Connor? 
Oh, definitely me in the younger days. <laughs> really? really? I, yeah, definitely me. Connor, Connor was a bit late to the party, Charlie. Just Dom, um, just to fill everyone in, like Connor, forty or something, didn't he, Kieran? Before you talked to the one day, he's a tremendous yeah. athlete. But I think the Schumachs as a family are. I think your mum and dad do they not still go running about ten miles every Sunday together? And they, 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 yeah. they're they're an incredibly talented athletic family and. I just was intrigued because I'd love to give Connor a bit of stick if, if Kieran was actually the quicker one growing up. Yeah. Growing up, I was, but I wouldn't get near him now if I'm honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what, was it your parents, what is it, 10 kilometres every Sunday, was that, Charlie? I think 10 miles, I oh, think Connor miles. says to me. Kieran, Kieran would know more than me, obviously, but yeah, I think, I think they're still very keen runners and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Mum and, yeah, and Dad would probably go running five, six times a week, so... Wow! Yeah, uh, yeah, they're very, very much into it. I, uh, I, I do one kilometer on the bike in the gym, and and I'm profusely sweating. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's not cardio is not not wouldn't necessarily be my forte. So, so, so fair enough. Um, have, have you been watching the the Olympics, Kieran? Have you been taking interest in that? Um, or obviously, I'm assuming mo- most mornings you're very busy. Yeah, I watched a little bit this morning. I saw the British guy win the cycling. So. Uh... When I get a chance, I you know I've got it on the TV, but I've missed a lot of it, and I like to keep updated. But um, I get so invested in all sports, like you know when I'm, it can be the most random sport on TV, and if I'm watching it from the start, then I have to watch it to the end. Uh, obviously, Charlie is probably worth noting as well the the the, the success um, of, of the dressage, the Team GB's dressage team at the uh, at the Olympics. Been great to see plenty of gold medals. Yeah, I think they question the team across the board. I mean, Ben Ben Mayer won gold in the show jumping. The eventers won team gold, and the the guys in the dressage, I think, won team bronze, and Charlotte Dujardin won individual bronze as well. I mean, it's a uh, the questions for and you know in in the UK goes from strength to strength and and for, for years sort of struggling or almost at that Olympic level. I mean that they're, they're sort of cleaning up and they 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 are the the biggest force over this sort of last ten years and it is fantastic to see and yeah long may it continue. Absolutely right, um, Kieran. Just just to kind of conclude, um, I was just wondering perhaps if there's if there's a horse in training. It could be from from any yard, maybe unraced. It may have only had one or two appearances that that excites you moving forward. Perhaps you know going into next year. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's always a jockey dreaded question. I think uh, <laughs> I've answered. But there's a horse called a due diligence colt of um, Richard Spence, the horse of Insomnia. He won his. He won his maiden earlier on in the year at Lingfield, then went straight to the Greenham. He ran no race in the Greenham, and something was amiss with him. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what went wrong, but yeah, I know he's back in training now. Um, he's a lovely three-year-old colt, and I think he's an exciting horse next year. We thought we think a lot of him, and um, he's had a bit of time. He was probably a little bit weak as well. But he won his maiden nice, and yeah, I think. He, he needed that little bit of time, but I think he'll be a nice horse for next year. Yeah, no, thank you for that insight. Um, Charlie, is, 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 there, is there a horse on the flat that, that, that you've noticed uh, or, or, or sort of had, had your eyes peeled on of, of late that, that interests you moving forward? Yeah, I'm going to, and, and again, Kieran's going to be far better voiced on this 
than me. I was working with the Racing Post last week at Goodwood and I was really taken with a clip of logistics filly called Illustrating a Carl Burks that, that won down there. I'm not sure it was much of a race, but certainly visually on the on the TV, it was an impressive performance and she looked a big scopey filly. I see she's got an entry in the Lauder here and I wondered if you'd had anything to do with her or, and, and sort of how well regarded she was by Carl Burke and her team and their team. Yeah, they absolutely love her. Um, she's got plenty of speed. I don't know where she's definitely going to go next. They're on about the louder, aren't they? But um, I, I was actually in the race that day, and there was a lot of hype before she even ran. Did she win a race at Catrick? Did she? Or somewhere yeah, like yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere um, up north. And yeah. I saw her. I saw her down at the start of Goodwood, and she just looked incredible. Her, you know, her skin looked. You know, her coat was amazing. So. She's a very exciting filly, and um, they have extremely high hopes for her. There we go. Some uh, obviously fascinating insight there, obviously uh, for, for the listeners on a, on a couple of horses. I, I, I picked out one um, earlier this week uh, who ran at Kempton. Uh, it was a horse of Simon and Ed Christopher's called uh, Fast Attack, who's a, a Kodiak filly, uh, and she absolutely bolted up uh, on, on debut by uh, by six lengths. So I think that she could be one to keep on side. Still only two, so um, but yet to be seen whether we uh, we see her reappear before a three year old campaign. Um, so she'd be my pick. Obviously, just just a quick word, um, Charlie as well on um on obviously our, our previous guest Oshie Murphy with uh, with five winners yesterday at Kempton and then and then I believe three today at Brighton. Yeah, well, I mean, it's exciting seeing the 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 battle for the Flat Jockeys Championship and Oshie sort of got a couple of people snapping at his heels, but yeah, big big few days for him. He again when we had him on. Uh, from Goodwood I think people have been sort of questioning how well he rode the track at Goodwood and he ended up having a great week there and he's followed it on this week and yeah I'm sure Kieran hopes that maybe he, we the same luck befits him now and he can get on a roll and have yeah, eight, eight winners in two days of the any jockey sort of dream. Nice way to do it. <laughs> Quite right. If you come on the show, obviously the the, the, the for, well, not that there's any fortune that needs turning, of course, in your case, Kieran. But uh, but hopefully it means that you can have a, a, a couple of winners tonight uh, up at Doncaster. Um, thank you uh, for your time, gents. It's uh, been another uh, great show, Kieran. Like I said, we uh, we really really appreciate your time and congratulations again uh, on the first Group One at Glorious Goodwood last week and uh, with, with rides like that. There'll be, uh, there'll be plenty more to follow. Uh, Charlie, have a fantastic time in Ireland uh, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, folks. Cheers, Dom. Thanks, Kieran. Thank Take you care, very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Cheers.